Well, good morning. I am Pastor Dan. I had an accident. I fell in the dryer at home, and so I got shrunk down compressed. No. Uh, I'm David Shipley. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the elders here, and uh, I am privileged to be able to, to serve in that capacity. Um, this morning, before we do anything else, because I need it, uh, we're going to pray. So if you would join me in prayer. Father, we just are so blessed to uh, just be your children. Lord, we thank you that your love is so great that we can't even comprehend it. Father, we ask that you would just open our, our spiritual ears now. Father, I ask that you would uh, let no one hear my voice. Let them hear your voice. Father, we pray that your word would speak for itself. And we thank you for this time together that we can gather in your name. And we ask it in your precious name. Amen. So how many of you, by show of hands, know God's will? Okay, both of you. <laughs> How many of you specifically know God's will for you for tomorrow? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, good. Everybody's being honest, finally. Oh, I see. Can I call you by name? No, okay. <laughs> see, when you say no, everybody looks and too late. But you may be surprised. We're going to talk about how to know God's will. If you're a note taker, you better get ready because we're going to go right through it. If you're not a note taker, grab a pen, roll up your sleeve, and just start right here. Everybody will think you have great body ink by the time you're done. And, or you can cheat and just uh, watch this again online when you have paper and, and pen ready. But you might be surprised to know that God's will is not supposed to be a mystery. It's not supposed to be, you know, something that, um, any of you cat owners in here? You guys can leave. Um, us dog lovers, no. No, if, if you have a cat and you have one of those little, like, fake uh, rodents on a string and, and you pull it along and the cat's chasing it and you you pull it, and the cat keeps chasing it, and you pull it again, and they finally get to it. A lot of us think that that's what God does, is that that little toy is his will, and he's just leading us on just a little bit at a time, and then finally we pounce and we get to know his will. And that's not my father. That's not how he operates. So I want to go through seven steps no, we'll call them clues. Seven clues to find God's will for you. But before we look at these clues, there's three facts that you need to understand. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. The first one is, fact number one, God wants us to know his will. It's not, it's not a guessing game. Fact number two, don't confuse God's timing with mystery. There are some things that we ask God's will concerning, but it's not his timing yet. 
And that's not like, well, 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 God doesn't want me to know his will. It's a big mystery. No, it's just not his timing yet. If you're seven years old and you're praying, Lord, show me who I'm going to marry. Okay, well, in about 13 or 20 years later, maybe that's the right time. So there are certain things that, that we, we desire to know God's will, but it's just not his time yet. How many of you know uh, a godly saint by the name of Corey Ten Boom? Anyone ever heard of her? I had the privilege, privilege of meeting her as a teen. She wasn't a teen, I was. Um, I'm not that old. She was, she was in San Diego doing a, a, a little uh, presentation, and I got to uh, go there and, and hear her speak. And this is a, a story that I like to tell as many times as I can because it, it really sinks in and, and it helps me. She talks about a time when she was a little girl and her father would take her on the train to the big city. I think it was Amsterdam or someplace like that. And when she would ask her father, when, when is God going to tell me his will about this or that? He would say, Corey, remember when you were a little girl and we would ride the train to the city? When would I give you the ticket? And she would say, well, just before we got on the train so I could hand it to the conductor. And he said, why didn't I give you that ticket as soon as I bought it? Well, because I may have lost it or I may have crumpled it up and it wouldn't be any good and just that would happen. And she says, my father explained to me that that's how God's will is. That he doesn't reveal all of his will to you until it's the right time, just before you need it. And he's always faithful to reveal his will to you just before you need it. And you know, we, we can do really weird things if we know God's will too far in advance. Um, how many of you would like to know the day that he takes you home? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, what would you do if you knew the day you were going to die? Would you, like, go out and, and sit on the curb and, and wait? Would you charge up all your credit cards to the max? You know, buy a bunch of junk? Um, what would you do? Well, we would probably worry. We would probably make decisions based on that day that we shouldn't be making. So knowing God's will has to be in his perfect timing. Okay, fact number three. God gives us answers exactly when we need them. And that's the example that I just shared with you. All right, so let's go on to the clues. These clues, I call them clues because they point you exactly to God's will. The first clue, does it line up with the word of God? We have been given God's will in many, 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 many areas of our lives already. It's already written right here. His will is in here. If you were praying about, should I become a car thief? Hmm, Lord, what's your will about that? Um, maybe I should be a cat burglar. 
or a dog burglar. Maybe I should uh, sell drugs to help make more money. Um, those are things that are already ta taken care of. Would you agree this is already answered in his word? But if we have so many answers right here, how do we get them? Simple, you have to digest this. You have to read this. We call them daily devotions, which you do once a week. Daily, weekly. okay. Thank you. Thank you. How many, how many uh, days a week do you eat? Well, I have evidence that I eat several times a week. If you feed your physical body, shouldn't you feed your spiritual body? Isn't that a little bit more important? Well, reading God's word, this is God speaking to us. We need to get to know him. And the best way to do that is to see what he wrote to us. I remember being in the military and being stationed in a remote area and getting letters from loved ones. And I'd be so excited as soon as I saw that letter. I'd open it up, and I'd read it, and oh, it'd just make my heart sing. And, you know, and then I'd throw it in the trash, right? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm keeping that thing. And when I feel sad or lonely, you know, I would go back, and I'd open that envelope, and I'd pull that letter out, and I'd reread it. And it's like, oh, I got a little bit more out of it. There's something, you know, I read between the lines. And, you know, you don't have to read between the lines in God's word. It's clear. It's simple. It's very direct. And we know these things when we digest that. There are some things that, that we definitely know um, God's will concerning. The trouble is... We just don't do it. That, that's the trouble with me. I know his will, and sometimes I willingly ignore him. You need to learn to understand his voice. There's a, there's a video that um, on YouTube that we got to see about uh, there was a, a herd of sheep and I forget how many, 50, 100, I don't remember. And they brought this complete stranger right up to the fence where the sheep were and said, call the sheep and see if they'll come to you. And so this guy, you know, bah, bah, talking in sheep language, saying, come here. And they didn't listen. They just kept eating grass and doing things. And then the shepherd walked up to the, the fence. And he said, hey, guys, come on over. And they just came running. Why? Because they knew his voice. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. So as you read God's word, you get to hear his voice more and more. God doesn't always speak in audible voices. He does that thing where he plants a thought into your head. He gives you 
understand, as you read the word, you go, oh, I get it. I'm supposed to not beat my wife. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, now I understand. Have you ever been working on a problem and you've been working for days or maybe weeks and, and you just can't, you can't figure it out? You don't know, it, it's impossible to do this thing. And then all of a sudden, bing, you get the answer and you're like, ah, why didn't I think of that before? Because you didn't think of it now. You know, the Lord put that thought into your head. I, I remember at, at work trying to do this big assignment that I was giving, given, and I went back to my boss and I said, literally, if the Lord doesn't reveal to me how to do this, we're going to have to cancel everything. And it wasn't more than an hour later that this creative way of doing something came to my brain and I'm like, how did I even think of that? Well, I didn't. The Lord gave me the answer. And it was so neat. Um, and then it worked, and it worked perfectly. And it's like, of course it would. Thank you, Lord. All right, clue number two, ask for wisdom. Through prayer, take your petitions before him. Turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 5. This is really difficult to understand, so I'll, I'll explain it when we're done. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any man lack wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay, so this is a really complicated process. You have to ask, and then he'll give it to you. That was hard, huh? Lord... <laughs> I just need you to show me how to do this. Lord, I need your wisdom. I don't know what to do. Lord, I, I, I'm dealing with this problem, with this issue, with this relationship. I, I don't know. Lord, I need your wisdom. And it says, this is actually a promise, that he'll give it to you liberally. Not just a tiny bit, not just a, mm, okay, scratch the surface, liberally. It's like you want to drink a water, here's a bucket. Take as much as you want. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. <laughs> that fear is a reverence, is a respect. And that's, you're beginning to understand. But the wisdom and instruction that comes from God if you don't follow it, you're foolish. It's, and and I, have to, I have to ask the Lord to forgive me for those foolish times when I just want to do my own thing. All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7, and we'll read through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, 
and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? It's real simple. If there is a a door in front of you, you don't just stand there going, I don't know, I'd really like to go through that door, but I'm just not sure if if it'll open to me. It, it, it may be locked. And he says, knock on it. And he'll open it. If that's the right door, he'll open it. You have to ask. You have to just seek him. And, you know, we we just had grandkids staying with us. And when, when they ask for something to eat, we give them ice cream and cookies and cake, and then we send them home. And no, we, we actually give them good gifts. Be, why? Because we love them. We adore them. They're just as cute as can be, of course, because they look like me. And they... And... If you love your children, you're going to provide for them. If your, your son or your daughter asks, says, you know, Mom, I'm hungry. You know, well, well, here's a rock, kid. Chew on this for a while. Oh, that's ridiculous. How much more that God loves us. You know, today it's just been on my heart of how deep God's love is for me and for you. Because if he loves me, he can love you very easily. And... I, I think I understand it because I know how much I love my wife and my children and my grandchildren. Um, and I would give my life for them, but God actually did. And we don't understand the depth and the breadth of God's love. The best you can imagine, you're not even close. But we sometimes don't ask. That's the problem. Um, I try to pray about everything. I'm even that guy that prays for a parking spot, especially at Christmas time in the mall. You know, I don't want to walk four blocks in the snow. You know, I want that one right next to the handicap spot so I can. So, what do you pray about? What decisions? Oh, I got this. I understand this. I, I know how to do this. I've been around for a while. You know, when you start relying on your own knowledge, your own self, and you don't season your life with prayer, um, you don't allow him to open those doors. In his grace, he does from time to time. And, um, but Okay, clue number three. So you should be about middle of the bicep right now, writing, taking those notes. Clue number three, know your bends. What does that mean? Know how God has shaped you, molded you. Um, For a good term instead of a bad term, you're a snowflake. Okay, usually, you know, don't be a snowflake is what we say. But be that snowflake that you look at, it's uniquely designed. It's beautiful. 
And that's what we need to understand. Psalm 139, 14. Would you turn there with me? It's about the middle of your Bible. Psalm 139, 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. You should know very well that you are created uniquely. And God says that you are, that you are marvelous. When he works something out, it is marvelous. And that's what you are in his sight. God took you and he made these twists and bends, you know, kind of like wrought iron and, you know, scroll work and all this intricate design. And God will call you to do his will in ways that he's designed for you. Um, so, you know, what about God's will in a, in a practical way? Like, I'm going to buy a car. Should I buy the red one or the blue one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, Lord, red or blue? Lord? Hello? Pick one. Which one do you like better? God has put that in you already. So get the one that you like. I've heard people say, you know, not very many. I heard this one lady say, you know, when, I'm, when I first met my husband, boy, I thought he was homely. And so I married him, and God gave me love for him, and now, you know, God's reshaped him, and he's okay. <laughs> God will draw you to the one that you think is beautiful or a hunk. And he, you know, the saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, God did that for you. God gave you a specific vision for what you think looks good and looks bad. I've seen some of your cars. I know. Some, you know, God's going to attract you to the one that he has for you. If you are the person who sees stains on the carpet, if you're the one who thinks, gosh, don't they ever dust that windowsill? Or you see a piece of trash laying around, and you're like, what's with this? And you pick it up and throw it away. Maybe God has called you to be on the janitorial staff. <laughs> I don't notice those things. Maybe you're the one, as, as Greg leads worship, you're sitting there going, boy, I wish he'd fine-tune that guitar. That E string is just really out. And everybody else is like, yeah, thank you, Lord. I, it, maybe you need to be on the worship team. Maybe God, See, God has, has designed you uniquely. There are gifts and talents, and, you know, I call them bends. God has put you on this earth with certain things already in, in you. Okay, clue number four. He will give you the desires of your heart. 
Oh, so God's a genie in a bottle. You just rub it. Lord, give me what I want. And all of a sudden, he grants your wishes. Right? Wrong. Turn with me to Psalm 37, starting in verse 3. This happens to be one of my favorite scriptures. Thirty-seven, three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. How do you get the desires of your heart? Well, first of all, you need to pray the prayer that I try to pray every single day. Lord, make your desires my desires. Did you catch that? I'll say it again. Lord, please make your desires my desires. I want to desire the things that he wants me to desire. And if I am as he says in verse 4 there, delight yourself also in the Lord. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Do you get excited when you read God's word? Or is it like, oh no, hope I don't have to read one of those more begats. Someone begat somebody else and they begat and they begat. And I'm beginning to get begat crazy. Um, or, or do you sit there, and God's word is addicting. It's wonderful. If you don't have a desire for God's word, try it. Take a bite. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And, you know, don't just spin it open and point to a scripture. And um, Judas hung himself. Oh, I better, let me look for another one. Go and do thou likewise. You know, you don't want that kind of reading. You know, you, you, you want to read God's word and understand what he's saying. Don't take it out of context. See what, what he, you know, you wouldn't open a letter and just read the one sentence out of it, would you? You, you might definitely get the wrong idea. Um, it's amazing how when you desire the things of God, they satisfy. Oh. What, what an amazing, amazing thing. Um, John 16, 24, you don't have to turn there. It says, uh, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants you to be full of joy. Not happiness, joy. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is peace and satisfaction. You can have joy in the middle of a crisis. You can have joy in the most catastrophic event that you'll ever experience in your life. You can be sad, crying, and have joy in your heart. You may think, well, I'm afraid to ask God's will because he might send me to Africa to be a missionary. Or he might send me someplace crazy and if God wants you 
in Africa, he's going to give you that desire. He will put that desire in your heart. God's will is not something you have to run from, unlike Jonah did. And Jonah knew what God's will was. And, you know, I don't want you to get swallowed by a whale or some big fish and get burped up on a beach, bleached white. You know, I don't want that to happen to you spiritually or any other way. Just following God's will is amazing. And when I was in the military, we had this thing where when you were getting ready to change duty stations, you got to fill out a form for a request for where you wanted to go. In my branch of the service, we called it a dream sheet because it, it, in your dreams would you ever get anything you put on that sheet. And it had three options. Where, what was your first priority? What was your second priority? And then what was the last place you wanted to go? And my uncle, who was career military, told me, David, when you fill out that dream sheet, fill it out backwards. Where you really want to go, put it last. Where you don't want to go, put that first. And because it gets sent to the detailers in Washington, and they're like, this E1, this E2, <laughs> you want to go where? <laughs> no. And... I, I love tropical, warm climates, beaches, clear water, all of that. And now I'm in my technical school getting ready to complete that training. And we fill out, we're getting ready to fill out our dream sheets. And everybody's talking about, oh man, don't let them send me to this place out in the Aleutian Islands in Alaska um, because it is awful. And I said, what's the name of that place? It's an island called Adak. And it's 1,300 miles out on the chain. It's closer to Russia than it is to Anchorage. And it's really bad. Matter of fact, it, they call it arduous duty. It's so hard uh, to live there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I grew up in San Diego, so I'm used to, you know, nice climate and and. God started working on my heart, and slowly but surely, I'm thinking, I want to go to this place called Adak. And, you know, and then I ask somebody who's been there, oh, yeah, they have underground tunnels that lead from one building to another because, you know, in the wintertime when the snow hits, um, matter of fact, they call it Adak, Alaska, birthplace of the winds. That's what's the motto on all the patches and everything because I, I've literally seen 110 mile an hour sustained winds there. And so it, it doesn't snow very often. It doesn't have to because it, it snows a lot and then it stops and then the wind comes up and it blows that snow. I've seen snow go sideways. Normally it, it drops like this. Um, I've seen snow go like that. And they call it a whiteout because you can't see in front of your face. It's horrible. And you know what I did? Put that as my number one choice. When my boss, I'm on my last week of completing my technical training, my boss comes in, he says, 
Shipley, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I said, I got it. I got it, didn't I? He's like, no, 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 no. Wherever you ask for, they didn't give it to you. They're sending you to ADAC. I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. This is amazing. And he said, did you pass the psyche valve? Are you okay? No, 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 no. They're sending you to this remote island out. Oh, and what an amazing time I had being in God's will. And why would this kid from San Diego want to go to this, you know, snow-driven place that, anyway. Uh, because that's where God wanted me to go. And he gave, I wanted to do his will so badly. And he put that on my heart and praise God. Okay. Clue number five. Get godly counsel. When you talk to other brothers and sisters in Christ that have been walking with the Lord for a while, you know that um, they get into God's word regularly. They, you can tell by their life. You know, they're not just people who talk about it. They actually live it. Because um, that's what real Christians are, to be like Christ. Um, I fail so much, guys. I, I, if you really knew me, you'd kick me out. But God really knows me, and he loves me. So you're stuck with me. Okay, so get... Godly counsel, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. You don't want counselors that are like Job's friends, if you've read the book of Job. They're they're saying, you know, well, you're going through this horrible trial because you've got sin in your life. You know, and no, we all go through horrible trials. Um, that's why we need the Lord. One of the reasons we need the Lord. And he helps us through those things. But godly counsel um, is usually confirmation. It's like, here's what I'm just trying to decide to do. And, and, uh, and would you ask the Lord for wisdom as well? Tell me what you think. And they share with you. Um, but here's where, here's where I, I draw the line. Um, now, this is not God's word. This is my personal opinion and thought. If somebody comes to me and says, thus saith the Lord, or they say, God wants me to tell you this, and they tell me something, but I've never heard it before, I take that with a grain of salt. <clears throat> Because I wonder why God would talk to them and not talk to me. If he wants me to know his will, he's going to reveal that to me. Unless I'm stubborn and I'm ignoring him. And then he sends a brother or sister to kick me in the caboose. And, you know, but it's usually confirmation. So just be, be careful with that. Um, and it says a multitude of counselors. So, you know, you talk to three or four brothers or sisters in Christ that are trustworthy in God's word. And it's, it's usually just confirmation. So that, that's a, a really amazing thing. Clue number six. This is a hard one. Step out in faith. 
Well, what does that mean? Hebrews 11.6. Turn there with me, if you will. Or you can just look up on the screen. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, so you need faith to understand God's will for you? Yeah. Because Romans 10.17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that faith comes from digesting this, listening to this, reading this. And that is what builds our faith. Now, when we step out in faith, what we're talking about is going to be the next clue, what I I don't want to reveal yet, is if you are trying to figure out do, do I take this road to the left or do I take this road to the right? Oh, I, I, I've read God's word. I've listened to counsel, godly counsel. I'm doing all these things that Dave says is a good you know, way to figure this out. And I just don't know. Make a choice. Step out in faith. Okay, well, I really think I should go to the right. Well, then go do that because my God that I serve is strong enough, awesome enough, powerful enough to give me course correction. So the next clue, clue number seven, is trust him for correction. I trust that God will stop me from making a wrong decision. And now all this is based on you really wanting to know God's will, not ignoring him and just going out and doing your own thing then he's going to let you reap what you sow. That's just, you know, what's going to happen. But God wants you to know his will. He's not trying to trick you or play hide and seek with his will for you. But timing is everything. Knowing, well, why doesn't God give us, you know, the agenda for the week? Oh, here you go. This is what's going to happen. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. Because it, it makes us have a relationship with him. If I don't listen to what his plan is, I just go out and do my own thing. And, okay, I suffer the consequences for that. Okay, maybe it may not be a bad consequence. It just isn't the right outcome, what God would have for me. When you know God's will, if you believe that this is what he wants you to do, just go do it. And trust him that he is going to get you back on that path because he loves you. He's not trying to trick you. Romans 8.28, you should know this one by heart, guys. And we know that all things, wait a minute, let me back up. And we suspect, or sometimes we are semi-confident, no, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
God is telling you that he can take my mistakes, my wrong turns, and, and correct it, make it good for me, and turn that into something, wow, that was a, an amazing learning experience. Wasn't fun, but that was a, a, an experience that, whew, hope I'll never have to go through again, but, you know, uh, thank you, Lord, for getting me back over here. Shoo! Um, you know, I've done that in, in my vehicle. I've taken a wrong turn thinking I'm on the right course, and you know, why is the GPS screaming at me? I don't know what's going on here. You know, it's a, why is it recalculating? I, I don't know. That, trust him enough. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When uh, my wife and I were thinking about moving here, we had this plan. I say we. We had this plan um, that we would move here like in two years from the time that we really moved here. And I needed to retire first. You know, we needed to spend a year doing this and that. We had all these plans. And we were in contact with a a realtor here because we wanted to see what the market was like and just kind of get an idea. And um, usually... You know, she would get a notification on her phone and, and we'd look through, you know, pictures of a house and, and, and usually I'm telling her, slow down, slow down. I want to I see that one, you know, because I'm looking for cracks in the wall and pipes and, you know, all the things that most guys look for and, and you know, and she's looking at the cuteness and, you know, um, how beautiful it is. And, and, you know, and I'm going, wait, slow down, because slow, I'm kind of a slow person. Um, she's one of those fast, gets it done. I'm like, that's amazing. So anyway, I'm looking through houses. Well, one afternoon she comes home and she says, you know, oh, there's a new house on the market and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Ah, I've already seen those houses. No, this just came on like six minutes ago. And she shows me the first picture and something inside my soul was stirring. And, I mean, God usually doesn't, like, shake me to wake me. It's, it's usually very logical, practical, you know, and, you know, I can go A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, and indent the paragraph and, you know, follow the bullet points, and, okay, God, we're, we're good to go. This makes sense. And she shows me the first picture, and I'm like, what? And then she shows me the second picture, and, and I'm going, go faster, go faster. And... Because I just had this overwhelming compulsion to buy that house. And, you know, and as a couple, as most, as every couple should do, we we talk about every decision. And we make these decisions in prayer and together. And, you know, and she gets to the end of it, because I'm making sure, you know, it's got to have like a a door on the front of the house. You know, it's got to have windows and... um, and when she gets to the last picture, um, suddenly I find myself on my phone and I'm talking to the realtor and I say, I'd like to make an offer on that house. And I look over and there she is. She's got tears coming down her, her face. And I thought, oh no, I'm moving to Idaho alone. <laughs> and, and that wasn't it. it they, they were tears of joy because God had confirmed that in her heart too. And, you know, and so I told the realtor, okay, 
so when would we know? Because it was the beginning of the week-ish. And she said, well, there's going to be an open house on Saturday. And then we'll look at the offers with them on Sunday. So like Monday or Tuesday of next week, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. And so I hung up and, and it was like, well, you know, that was like throwing paper in the wind and oh well. Um, and the next day she calls and I answer and she said, David, have you been praying? That's all she said. I said, well, of course I've been praying. She's, she told me, uh, the couple that own that house, they accepted your offer. And they've canceled the open house and, you know, it's yours. What? That house? And God just did that. It was amazing because by faith I followed his will. And, you know, it, I've never had the Lord move me like that. It was almost like I just couldn't say no. And because we had we had been praying and 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 you know what? We we got here two years. I won't tell you where we came from, but anyway, we moved to America and we've been enjoying it. And and God provided each step of the way. Miracles, I, I won't tell you, that's another message. Miracles every step of the way because where God guides, God provides. Yeah. So he rewarded that that act of faith. So I I want you to understand something. Don't put God in a box. Okay, now the, these are these are clues. This is I've I've found this to work throughout my Christian walk. And and I've also found that sometimes God just does something you don't expect. And you need to be open. But he'll let you know it's him. It's, it's not going to be like, eh, this is kind of weird. Um, no, he'll, he'll let you know it's him. If you suddenly get a desire to go to Africa and serve as a missionary, do it. Do it. Um, and you know what? If you made the wrong decision, he'll get you back. He'll do something. He'll, he'll, and it'll be a, an experience that you'll learn from. And you'll go, okay. But you know what? We know the master's voice. It, it's neat. You know, I, I, I know the voices of my children. I know the voices of my grandchildren. You know, you can hear them. You're like, oh, that's my kid. Why are they crying? <laughs> you know, did they fall down? Did they get beat up? Did, what happened? Oh, yeah, no blood. Go ahead, keep playing. So in closing, let me, let me share with you Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Don't try to figure out God. If, if you come talk to me, I can give you any answer in Scripture except for one question. And that is, why? And just like I tell my, my, when my kids were growing up and now my grandkids, they ask, Grandpa, why? And I tell them, I don't know. But when you get to heaven, you'll know. God knows, and that's good enough. Because I just don't understand it. 
but God does. But let me give you this guarantee. I know God's will for you. There's three groups of you in here. The first group is those of you who aren't Christians, don't believe in Christ, haven't given your life to Christ. God's will for you is that you let him love you. That you accept his free offer of salvation. He gave his life so that you could have a relationship with him. I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking, you know, any kind of rules and regulations. I'm talking about a relationship. His love letter to you. His instruction of how to live. The, the rules that apply are for your protection. They're not to hinder you. I've been so free since I, I met Christ. I mean, there's so much liberty and things. It, it's amazing. Um, so that I know, it's God's will for you to accept him. The second group, those of you who have accepted Christ, but haven't really let him be the driver. You've taken over the wheel. And you've, you've met him as Savior, but you don't know him as Lord. It's his will that you surrender, that you surrender today and quit. Get off the fence. Let him, it, let him take over. And then the third group is those of you who think you're cruising along, serving God, and, and you've got a good relationship with him. Go deeper. It's his will for you to go deeper. That I guarantee. Would the worship team come on up? Um, we're going to close in a final song. Would you stand with us as they come up? And I want to share with you just two things. The first one, if you need prayer, if you don't know the Lord and you want to accept him and you want uh, someone to help you with that, love to pray with you. Um, or if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for relationship, if you need prayer for anything at all, um, I'll be up here there up front. You just come on up. We'll, we'll pray with you. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, elders that will come and join us and um, love to be able to pray for you. Then the last thing, I just want to leave you with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your will, and that you're a loving father. Lord, we, we just want to submit and surrender to you. Lord, because it's freedom. It's, it's amazing that you even care about us. But, Lord, you do so much that you gave your son, to die in our place. I was the one who should have been nailed to the cross. But Jesus hung there in my place. And Lord, I, I, I just want to give you my life and thank you for it, what Jesus did. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to the hearts that are here today. And we just love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.